You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Oh my god! It's another episode of Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously. <laughs> Just not ourselves. <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm Nathan. And I am... I'm Eric. I'm so... I'm so... Nathan. Oh my god is the right way to start this podcast. For the third time. This podcast is cursed. It is... This is the 2020th of podcasts. I don't know why we keep doing this to ourselves, but we're we're back. <laughs> For God's sake, we're we, back. We keep doing this to ourselves because tonight we get to talk about Troll 2. I yes. Whew, I cannot even begin to explain how excited I am that uh, that we're finally doing an episode on Troll 2, but we'll get to that soon-ish cuz uh, we've got some announcements to go through. Uh, but before the announcements, Eric, how are you doing? I'm dead inside, Nathan. Um, it is it, this <laughs> this this year's kicking my ass. Um, it's been just just so the audience at home knows, we've we've been trying to record this episode for ever. We tried to do it a few days ago and only got halfway through, and then we had to start all over due to technical issues and then tonight we're having all kinds of technical issues and we've been trying to get this started for about an hour um but you know what i need also tried to do this has we we also tried recording about two weeks ago um like right before i was gonna go in and have my second kid not me but like my wife was gonna have her second kid uh, and that didn't work out because, of course, it didn't. So, yeah, we've literally been trying to record this episode for weeks, and it's finally happening. Yeah, and you know what? I'm Which, not. I'm not giving up. Like we're powering through this. This is happening. I need this in my life. This this year, like I said, it's kicking my ass, and I need an outlet. I need something. I need. I need to talk <laughs> about movies. I keep watching movies and have no one to talk to them about, and it's driving me crazy. So we're here and we're doing and, this. And not just any movie, one of the worst movies and one of the best movies. And again, <laughs> we're going to get to that. All right. Um, so, yeah, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, which sucks. And um, come on, people, wear your masks. Like, I, my, my wife was talking to someone earlier and when uh when she said something about the pandemic their response was like oh well we can't live in fear about blah 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 uh something that i'm probably not going to even get and i was like motherfucker like 195,000 people have died <sighs> just anger so, far. so much anger boiled up just in america so far 
Um, so, so yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm going to try to not let this episode turn into yet another rant on mm-hmm. why people need to take a pandemic seriously, but seriously, come on, people take it and how seriously. easy it is to, to avoid. Like it's, it's you, if everyone wears a mask, then, then it's fine. Like we're, then it will go away. It, it's, um, I mean, not go away, but at least we will slow the spread it, significantly in a, relatively short amount of time compared to how long we've been going through this yeah i just ah, anger just anger pure anger uh and of course all of that anger on top of just an uncanny amount of civil and social unrest and and it shouldn't need to be said but it needs to be said that black lives matter all right Again, I'm going to try to not go down too many political tangents on this episode because Lord knows I've done that enough over the last five months, but it's because it's been five months worth of being in a pandemic because people will not just put a mask over their holes. All right. So (laughs) do you need to put it over all of the holes? Yes. (laughs) Every. Yes, you do. (laughs) Oh, I definitely de- some mm. people for sure. Yep. All the holes. All of them. All right. So uh, bad things aside, let's talk about some good stuff. Uh, good thing. Number one, I have kid number let's two now. It. Yay. Yay, man. That's congratulations. I've, I've congratulated Thanks. you multiple times now, but, but <laughs> sincerely, <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, it, it's it two children i i also have two children and i can say from experience that it is the most wonderful thing um so yes yeah, sincerely congratulations to you and jess it is uh it's very exciting and uh we, we are very happy i know that kids are not for everyone and i never want to like assume that everyone should have kids because they shouldn't and some people perfectly happy without them totally cool totally fine like do what 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 makes you you uh, for me and my wife, though, like we, we love kids, and so we are super excited that that we have another little video monster running around. Well, not really running around, just pooping around right now because he's two weeks old. Um, but <laughs> that is also a little uh, bit of a yes, preface. RIP to your uh, <laughs> yes. to your ability to sleep, ability to sleep, and ability to have coherent thoughts. So this episode might be slightly more rambling than usual. Uh, it might jump around a little bit more than usual. But, you know, I got a two-year-old and a two-week-old. So, the fact that I can put together even halfway coherent sentences, I, I think I'm doing okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. It's commendable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So, outside of, you know, like, personal things of, of having a kid, we have super fun uh, announcements to make about our sponsors. Knoxville Horror Film Fest and Chattanooga Film Festival. Uh, we have things to announce from from both of them, which it, it's been a while since we've had overlapping announcements. Typically, we're just announcing one or the other, um, but we're going to go uh, in order of uh, chronological order. So first up is Knoxville Horror Film Fest is going to be October 23rd through 25th. And 
they, they are doing things smart because they also understand that we are in the middle of a pandemic and they want to continue to share cinema and continue to share horror-y goodness with everyone, but doing it in a manner that is safe and to avoid spreading uh, COVID as much as possible. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing a drive-in this year, which is awesome. Uh, not just because it's safer, but, you know, drive-ins are fun. I, I've i only been a few times, but every time I go, it's just it's just a really nice experience. It's not always the best way to watch a movie, and I hate saying that, but it is definitely an mm. experience. And we've talked about the plenty yeah, on, uh, on the podcast about how the experience of cinema is, is you know, half of what makes movies so great so being able to share that experience i i think is super cool i do love that like the one one of the few good things to come out of this year is the fact that people seem to be embracing the drive-in a lot more like drive-ins are thriving in a way that they usually don't um which is kind of nice i mean i love that this is a that there's kind of a throwback to that i've only been to a drive-in one time and it was a blast um like you said I, one of the movies i watched was don't breathe which is a very dark movie so it was kind of an unfortunate movie to watch a drive-in uh because lights kept coming on and everything but at the same time like i mean so like you said it's not always the best venue for certain types of movies but um it's still such a great fun experience like i'm never going to forget the experience of seeing that movie in that way Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I, well, I used to before this dumb pandemic, like I would have movie nights uh, here at my house where I would set up a projector and watch movies outside. And it's not the best quality when I watch them that way, but it is some of the best experiences, you know, like getting together with a bunch of friends, sitting around a fire, watching a movie, especially like horror movies late at night. It's so much fun. And and that's part of what a drive-in gives you is it gives you, again, more of that communal experience, which it's kind of weird that being separated into your cars in a way also like brings you together somehow. I, I can't quite explain mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's so nostalgic. Maybe it's because it does kind of uh, give you the feel of being back in like the the fifties or the eighties. It's just there's something so different about watching movies at a drive-in, and and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's but, interesting because it's like I feel like I associate that- drive-in movies with movies because it's like that's where because I've only been one time, and most of what I know about drive-ins is like seeing drive-ins in movies and things like Grease or. <laughs> or you know blood rage uh <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say you better not forget blood rage <laughs> and oh man i i really wish that they were playing blood rage like that would be such a great movie to watch at a drive-in um that however be awesome they they are playing i i would say probably some of the best movies that you can watch at a drive-in uh, this year's Knoxville Horror Film Fest is going to be screening Evil Dead 2, Return of the Living Dead, Demons, Pieces, Grizzly 2, uh, The Stylist, and a bunch of shorts and the Knoxville Grindhouse Grindout. And even though that's not nearly as big of a lineup as they've had in the past, Oh my God, that is an amazing lineup. And yes, most of these movies are older movies that you can watch just on your own. Uh, I've got most of these movies. But 
again, it's not just about watching the movie. It is the experience and being able to experience Evil Dead 2 at a drive-in. Ah, man, I, I wish that I could say I can't wait. But again, that whole like having a two-year-old and a two-week-old, I'm not going to be the horrible husband and say to my wife, hey, you can watch two kids on your own, right? Like that's that's doable, right? You know? So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it there this year, which sucks because this is the first year in the last five, I think, that I'm going to have to miss it. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, that got like, like the lineup is almost as if everyone at Knoxville Horror Film Fest said, what could we do that is like just absolutely perfect for video monsters? And and this this, this lineup, I I don't think that I could ask for anything different it, again, except maybe adding blood rage into it. Yeah, it's it's really an incredible lineup. And yeah, honestly, we, like the fact that they have Grizzly 2 is kind of incredible because like that is a movie that was filmed in, in 1983 and has like George Clooney and Laura Dern and Jonathan Reese Davies and was never completed until this year. And it's especially <laughs> fun because they did like Girdlerthon last year and did the first Grizzly movie. Uh, that's just that's just such a fantastic like it is so exciting. <laughs> And we have talked, I can't even count how many times, about Evil Dead 2 and Pieces. So, like, I I have seen those two movies more times than I can count. And, again, being able to watch them at a drive-in would be absolutely amazing. Uh, You experienced Return of the Living Dead for the first time a few months ago, or a a year ago. A a year is a few months, right? I did, yeah. It was (laughs) like... It was uh, it was actually about a year ago. Yeah, good lord, time doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, but yeah, I did watch that for the first time last year and had an absolute blast with it. It's such a fun movie. Yeah, even though um, even though Night of the Living Dead is certainly what sort of like brought zombies into the mainstream, I, I feel like Return of the Living Dead is what most people think of in terms of zombies. You know, like that's where you get brains. Oh, yeah. It's like, what, mm-hmm. when did zombies ever eat brains? Well, it's thanks to Tar Man in Return of the Living Dead. Uh, and, and so it's just had such an impact on zombie cinema. And regardless of whether or not you are a fan of zombies, you're going to be a fan of Return of the Living Dead. It is just, just so much goodness. Uh, and then The Stylist, which is the first feature-length film from Jill Gavargazian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jill, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. And uh, yep, I, I just apologize if I mispronounce it. Um, and it is it's based off of her award winning right. short that she made a few years ago. It might have even been the first year that I went to Knoxville Horror Film Fest that I saw that short. Um, but I totally dug the short and super excited for the feature length. It's got Najara Townsend and Brea Grant, and it it is going to be a I think a very good movie. I'm very much looking forward to it. There's going to be hair and dead people, and I'm doing a great job explaining it, aren't I? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's all you need to know, hair and dead people. Like, what, what more could you want out of a movie? Think of, like, if Maniac was a barber is kind of what I'm expecting it to be. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, just such a great lineup, and I, I've always loved the shorts that they've played, and the Grindhouse Grindout is just such a great experience because it's a bunch of um, 
local filmmakers getting together and doing grindhouse style films. One of my favorites films slash trailers, you know, very short films. Um, one of my favorites over the last few years was the nightmare, which was just like some dude wearing uh, yeah. a horse mask running around killing people. Get it? Cause it was a nightmare, like a nightmare. Mare, like, yeah. Like M A R E like, like a horse, uh-huh. like a horse. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Like a horse. <laughs> yeah. And it was at night probably when he, when yes. he murdered people. <clears throat> yes. And it also sounds kind of like nightmare, which is a thing that happens when you, when you sleep it at night. Yeah. <gasps> oh, is that? Oh, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to draw so this, out, this, this bad joke out as, as, as long as possible. Dude, explaining the joke is, um, it's fun. That is the joke. Uh, it, it is the joke. It is it is half the joke. So yeah, Knoxville Horror Film Fest, great lineup. It's going to be a great experience. I absolutely hate the fact that I'm not going to be there this year um, because I do feel like it's going to be safe. Were it not for the fact that I have two kids now, again, one of them only two weeks old, I, I would be there. I, I feel like it's going to be safe enough, even during a pandemic, to, um, to be a part of this. And I'm sad that I'm not going to be there. Uh, but but if you're able to be there, you should. You should absolutely go. And at the very least, I'm going to be ordering me a shirt and a poster because, man, the, the poster art from uh, oh, Hagcult that- is f***ing awesome. I love her work amazing. so much. Oh, God. I, I love her work. And this poster is just, just beautiful. Like, it is tattoo worthy is is what it is yeah, uh, it is yeah. so go to, to for more information or to get tickets go to knox horror fest knox horror fest.com all right i love how often you have to like go back and enunciate the word <laughs> horror <laughs> it's, uh, it's so amazing well just I, just to be clear just want to make sure you we know we know what you're saying exactly just to be clear i'm not trying to send people to a horror fest don't the, know the if has one fest is something entirely different <laughs> <laughs> and oh, if it man. doesn't happen uh it should be happening soon all right next up is the frightening ass film fest which is the um it is essentially the Halloween version of the Chattanooga Film Fest. And again, we've talked about this film fest a ton on this podcast. We love Chattanooga Film Festival. We love everything that they do. We love the movies. We love the people that we've met. We love the experience. We love the fact that in the middle of a pandemic, they were able to put on an amazing virtual fest that actually felt like a film festival rather than just watching movies. It was amazing, and I cannot wait to see what they're going to be doing for the. Yeah, it 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 was, it like it really did feel like a virtual film fest. It did not just feel like a bunch of streaming movies, and and I can't wait to see what they're going to do for the frightening ass film fest. I don't know if they're going to have quite as much um, technology power behind it, just because it is a, a smaller fest and. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to be able to replicate, but I do know that they are going to be working their hardest to put together as great of a virtual film festival as they possibly can. And uh, there's not been a whole lot of information that's come out about it yet. The only thing that I do know is that it is going to be the weekend of Halloween. So it's going to be October 30th and 31st. Um, But 
But yeah, keep following Frightening Ass Film Fest and Chattanooga Film Festival on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or just go to chatfilmfest.org and stay up to date on all of the announcements from them. And as we get more information, we will, of course, be sharing that out. And then next up is the Chattanooga Film Festival, which, even though it feels like that just happened a week ago, um, submissions are already open for next year's Film Fest. I, I don't think that the pandemic is going to be over by then, and that sucks, and I hate it, but um, the world keeps turning, and thank God people keep making movies as safely as possible. P- filmmakers out there, please be safe. Please take care of each other and your cast and crew, um, but Chattanooga Film Festival does have submissions open, and I don't know, maybe, hopefully, dear god we'll be able to actually get together in person and and watch some of these but if not again the uh, the virtual film fest they put on for 2020 was absolutely amazing and if they repeat that uh, that same experience then i am a hundred percent not even a hundred like a thousand percent on board it was a great job can't wait to see what next year looks like as well all right yeah, absolutely I think that that is all of our announcements and we can finally actually start like talking about a movie almost before we talk to talk about this, (laughs) we should probably give uh, a little bit of explanation as to why we are talking about troll Two. not, not the prior information about the movie itself, but just, you know, like <laughs> what caused us to say, you know, what would be a good thing to spend hours to talk about troll two. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are doing our uh, history of cinema series, uh, sort of, you know, we're, we've been a few, a little late on some of those, but, um, but basically each month of this year, we've been trying to do a different decade of cinema um and september aligned with the 90s and so we kind of thought like oh the 90s and then also september is when we start our halloween coverage that's probably some necessary information um yeah so we were like oh we could do we could combine the two things do a little chocolate peanut butter action here and do 90s horror movies for september and then uh like the early 2000s for october um and i like we immediately love this idea just because those are two decades that are kind of maligned in terms of the horror genre um and so i love that so we're going to be focusing on 90s horror films for this month and i love that we decided to go with troll 2 because the whole idea is like oh yeah the 90s are actually a much better time for horror than people give it credit for so we're going to start off by talking about one of the worst movies ever made um but also why it is uh one of the most enjoyable movies ever made at the same time so uh so yeah it's totally in keeping with the video monsters <laughs> tradition of uh our tongues being firmly in our cheek <laughs> as we do everything that we do and so uh before we even get into uh into the review proper um i do need to say I unironically love Troll 2. It is terrible, but I love it. And I'm going to come back to that in just a minute because we have so many thoughts, more thoughts than we thought that we would. Um, But I I did really quickly want to say it's so weird to me that the 90s and early 80s are uh, like typically viewed as a bad time in horror 
because I posted in a couple of Facebook groups that I'm on, like, hey, we're going to be doing uh, 90s and early 80s uh, horror movies for our Halloween coverage. What are some of your favorites? And that it's not gotten a ton of responses, but every single response that someone has replied is like, you know what? That's a great movie. And like, what? yeah, there's, there's a lot of really, really, really great horror movies that came out in the nineties and oddies. And I think that part of the reason that people think that, um, the people like remember this, these decades as not so great. Uh, and we'll probably get more into this when we actually do like our, um, our bigger decades episode. But I think that's because the 90s and early 80s just feel so dated, but they're not old enough to be retro. You know, like you watch something from the 70s and if someone has, you know, like bell bottoms and like just aviators and a sweet mustache going on, it's like, oh, yeah, 70s. Awesome. I can dig it. But you watch someone from the 90s wearing just like super shiny shirts and like their spiky hair with the frosted tips. And it's just, oh, that's unfortunate because it's still recent enough that we remember it <laughs> without it being like, yeah, a, I, don't yeah. Know. I, I guess I still remember it because I am older than you. You, you lived through it. Well, which and is yeah, I was born different. in the 90s, so uh, very early in the 90s, <laughs> but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super weird, especially too, considering that like the this is the same decade that we got like The Silence of the Lambs, which is one of the most revered horror movies of all time, like one of the only horror movies to ever win Best Picture, not just Best, best Picture, but it won like the big five which is a feat that only two other movies have done. And I know that the Oscars are not like exactly a barometer for good taste or anything, but, but still like it is, it's super weird to think that we have things like silence of the lambs and misery and scream and new nightmare and all these just like, and there's some legitimately incredible horror movies that came out during this decade. Like, all time stone cold classics. And I, I don't know. It's just weird that, well, I think though that that's also that still so malign. I guess it's, we're not going to get too far down this rabbit hole because again, we will eventually do our nineties episode where we can talk about some of these broader themes. But I, I think that's also because I, I feel like the nineties had a lot more of, um, had a lot more of like, Oh, that's not horror. That's suspense or that's not horror. That's mystery or that's not horror. That's drama. And it's like, no, it's horror, you know, like yes. Silence of the lambs is a horror movie, mm. but was like, when you went to the video store looking for it, did you go to the horror section to find it or did you go to the thriller section to find it? And misery again, is that horror or was that drama? And, and even though they, again, obviously all are horror movies, I think that when most people think of nineties horror, they think of things like urban legend and I know what you did last summer and uh, like all of the, the sexy teen horror movies and not necessarily everything else yeah. that came out. But anyways, we'll get to that eventually. <clears throat> Tonight we're talking about Troll 2. We, we've talked about enough other things. Let's get into this. Like every review that we do, we are going to be talking about our prior information and how that shaped our expectations. Uh, what we thought of the film from a technical standpoint. What we thought of the movie from an emotional standpoint slash our analysis of the film how rewatchable the movie is and who we recommend the movie for slash uh, what other movies this would pair well with. And 
we tend to jump around a fair amount when it comes to the technical and emotional. Um, it, it's actually pretty rare that there's like a very clear cut. This is the technical component of the film. And this is our emotional reaction to the film. <clears throat> but even though there is a lot of overlap and in general, we can keep it you know, relatively separate. We are going first off to be jumping just all over the place with troll two in part because it's just going to be like, Oh man, you remember that scene? Yeah, that was hilarious. It's probably not going to be uh, helped much by the fact that I'm literally rewatching it as we record. So there's going to be times like, Oh yeah, this scene is on right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be jumping around a little bit, but also I feel like, for me at least, Troll 2, more than most other films that we've talked about, the emotional is so tied up in the technical because it is so technically bad on just about every single possible level. But that's where so much of the enjoyment for me comes from. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I'm going to try to keep them separate-ish, but man, just about everything that I'm going to say is like, oh, yes, this thing is terrible. But I mean, come on. That's why it's so much fun. Uh, and and one last thing before I kick exactly, it over to Eric yeah. for his prior information is we're not making fun of this movie. We do not try to cover movies that we're going to make fun of. In fact, in we're the years that it. we've been doing this. Exactly. In, in the however long I've done this podcast, five, six years now, and in the two years that Eric has been a part of it, we've only covered two movies that we were just like, ah, oh, they're not good. We can't recommend them. Uh, mm-hmm. But they thematically made sense for the things that we were covering. So we, we don't want to talk about movies and just shit all over them. That is not what we are trying to do. We are not saying, oh, well, we could have done it better. That's not what we're doing. It is also true that it is objectively bad. It is subjectively just so much fun. But, I I mean, it it's bad. So, yeah, just yeah, needed to put that out there um, that we're not making fun of it. We're going to sound like we are sometimes, but we're not. I I have a genuine love for this movie. So much so that, honest to God, this is the third time that I've watched it this week. So, so yeah. Eric, <clears throat> what's your prior information on Troll 2? <laughs> well, Nathan, I'm glad you asked. Um, so, first, my first uh, concern, I... <laughs> I um, I had, a, I had a little bit of a concern going into this movie at first because I'd never seen Troll 1. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, they have absolutely nothing to do with one another. Um, I was going to say, neither you know, had the Troll director. Troll 2 does not have anything to do with the... Uh, yeah, neither... The, Troll 2 has nothing to do with the Adventures of Harry Potter, um, <laughs> you know, which is the name of the protagonist in the first Troll movie. Uh, <laughs> yep. But so... The way that I actually watched this going into it is um, I took your right. You've been talking about this movie for a long time. I was vaguely aware of it before you mentioned it to me just because it's been on the IMDb bottom 100 for a very long time. And uh, I am a weird kid and I would just look over those movies when I was in high school. 
um, when I had nothing better to do in my computer-aided drafting class. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> you've been talking about it for a while, and you always recommend that when you watch it, you have to watch the documentary about the film first, and that documentary is called Best yes. Worst Movie. So I watched Best yes. Worst Movie first, and then watched Troll 2. And I'm actually, like, at first I, I was a little skeptical of watching it that way because I f- was afraid that it would kind of spoil a lot of the, the fun and surprise of the film. Um, but I'm really glad that I did because it really, like, endears you to the people who made this movie. And you see, like, that they recognize the film has flaws, but, like, when they made the movie, they were just sincerely trying to make a good movie and have fun with what they were doing. And... Yes. Uh, you know, there's just so much heart in that documentary and, and it's so sweet and kind of sad. And and it really, like I said, it really endeared me to those characters and those people. And and also too, like a movie like this really is best enjoyed in a communal setting. And the fact that we are so separate right now, like to be able to see that kind of, like it starts off showing you kind of the cult following this movie has and it really like I had to watch this movie by myself under the circumstances and it was really nice to just kind of like be reminded of what it's like to just sit down and enjoy a movie warts and all with a group of people and just exactly what it's like Um, to actually watch a movie with others exactly yeah exactly and uh and yeah so I went into it expecting it to be absolutely incompetent on every single level of like filmmaking (laughs) however i also (laughs) expected to have a total blast with it going into it um and to just laugh along and and have a good time and did it live up to those expectations it uh it did and it didn't in a very interesting way where i think that like there are certain technical aspects of this movie that are surprisingly surprisingly good and also there are certain things about the movie that are really bad that actually are that are actually an asset to the film that kind of like i i don't know how to explain it without dive before without getting into the technical side too much but but yeah like there are certain technical things about it that really surprised me by how well it was or how it actually turned out to make the movie better by being bad it's, or by being unexpected uh, there's a better way to say it man there, there's a scene happening right now that we need to talk about not an important scene but just a hey here's a trivial thing that we're going to get to um I, I am so glad that you enjoyed it and i'm even more glad that you enjoyed uh best worst movie uh, and because that's that's the way that I watched it. Best Worst Movie is, like you said, a documentary about the making of Troll 2. Not even the making of. It is about the cult following of Troll 2. Uh, and it's directed by Michael Paul Stevenson, who played mm-hmm. Joshua, the kid, from Troll 2. And, and I legitimately love this documentary. And even though we're not necessarily doing a full review on Best Worst Movie, it's going to be impossible to talk about Troll 2 without very heavily referencing and uh, and just sort of making note of Best Worst Movie. Because, I, again, I legitimately love it as a documentary, so much so that whenever someone says, hey, what's a really good documentary? It's one of the first ones that comes to mind. It is always one of the first documentaries that I think of if someone is looking for, uh, for a new recommendation. Not that it's necessarily like the best 
documentary out there, but but it's really good. Like it has an actual story arc and it has depth and it has emotion and it has humor and you care about these people. And, and and again, I just absolutely love it. So my prior information is, like I said, I've seen troll two a lot, a lot. I've, I am in the middle of watching it for the third time this week. (laughs) I'm only halfway paying attention. Uh, I'm probably still going to log it on Letterboxd, but still, even halfway paying attention the third time this week that uh, <laughs> that it's been in front of my eyes, and I can't even count how many times I've seen it before then. The first time that I saw it was back in Tuscaloosa at a, uh, at a little art house cinema um, where they did like a summer art house series where they would show, you know, like very artsy indie style films. And then they showed best worst movie in troll two. And it felt so just out of place to begin with, but then going into it, it's like, Oh, Oh no, I get it. Like this is for people who love cinema. It's not necessarily for people who are looking for a quality movie, but it is for people who love getting together with other people and enjoying just that cinematic experience. Um, and and when they screened it that night, they uh, screened it in the same way with Best Worst Movie first and then Troll 2. And I, I keep going back and forth on which one I actually think is the better way to watch it. And I always end up landing on, you got to start with best worst movie. But part of the reason that, that I even have any sort of hesitation of, is it better for people to watch troll two first is because, excuse me, because it's so ridiculous and so out there that going into it completely blind, you are going to have a very different experience. And part of me kind of wishes that that was the experience that I had with it except for the fact Mm. that um that i feel like best worst movie might not have i don't know i i feel like maybe it wouldn't have had the same power if i had gone into it already knowing all of the jokes and excuse me uh it, it wouldn't have given that same sense of like oh my god what am i about to get into but watching Best Worst Movie, it's like having your friend spend an hour and a half telling you, dude, this is why you need to watch this movie. Yes, it's terrible, but seriously, this is why you need to watch it. Like, yeah, there's no redeeming no redeeming qualities, but here's why it's one of the best movies ever made and why it has such a cult following. And so watching that documentary, it is like watching it with friends and um, and, and again, like it's a very heartfelt documentary. And uh, I know that I've mentioned a few times on the podcast that I do a bad movie night with friends and best worst movie and troll two is an annual double feature that I do. And last time that I did it, the, uh, the friends that I had over for it's like, there were a few times where they were like, Oh, like it was legitimately kind of heartbreaking at, at times. And you care about these characters again, yeah. like it gives you that introduction to uh to troll to the same way that just your best friend would be talking about it and yeah i'm i'm rambling <clears throat> excuse me um rambling a little bit but <laughs> um but yeah i'm just rambling that's all uh 
so one of the other pieces of prior information <laughs> and part of why I was like, oh, yes, this is absolutely why we're covering Troll 2 to start off our 90s coverage. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is because, like I said, I do a bad movie night and I had um, I, I typically screen Troll 2 around St. Patty's Day. And that is around the time that the pandemic hit and everything shut down and we started getting more and more cases uh, here locally. And it just wasn't a smart thing to do to get together with people. And like literally um, like two days after we got our first case in town is is when I had Troll 2 scheduled and, and I had to cancel it. And so it's just very bittersweet for me that the last... Uh, the last bad movie night that I had planned and that last like hurrah of like, yeah, I'm going to get together with friends. It's going to be awesome. And then the world was like, no, you're not. Uh, it, it was to watch troll two. So a little sad that that didn't get to happen, but super excited that we are talking about it here. Um, I think that's all of my prior do information. You, um, again, do you screen it on around yes. St. Patrick's day because of the green Yes, because of the green and like the, the shamrocks the on their face green in the movie. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. It's also because I do so, blood rage so at uh, at Thanksgiving. And like that's that's a good, you know, like five months between blood rage and uh, troll two. And then only seven months between. So it's an almost mm. uh, halfway through the year in terms of like a good even split of when I do these um, repeated viewings. But uh, yeah, it's, it's mostly just because of the green and because of the shamrocks on their face. That's all. It has nothing That's to great. do with St. Patty's Day at all. Uh, okay. So again, we are going to jump around a ton there is going to be so much overlap between the technical and the emotional and just don't expect this to be quite as coherent as some of the other episodes that we've done but with all of that being said eric what did you think of this movie from a technical standpoint <sighs> dear god i uh, i don't even know where to begin um <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is one that I should that maybe we can do a little bit of a plot synopsis just just for fun that'll maybe kind of kick off kickstart my brain here. So Man, Troll does, 2, does the plot even matter? Uh, is a film? <laughs> it well the the plot in this movie is completely incomprehensible. Like nothing makes a damn bit of sense. No, the characters don't act like actual humans. The rules and logic of what That's actually be, goes on in the movie is completely it's completely preposterous but yeah so troll 2 is a film that is not about trolls it is about um goblins even though on the original uh cover it says the original boogeyman so so the original cover says the original boogeyman is back so it was yeah, marketed as a boogeyman, boogeyman is back with the name troll <laughs> about goblins there's it. also so the about the poster sense. the poster on IMDb has a tagline at the top the the poster on IMDb has on the has a tagline at the top that says one was not enough and it's it just like it doesn't have it doesn't have controls in it yeah they're goblins it has nothing to do with troll oh, 
it's so, so yes. funny. It's, it's really funny that standpoint. it's Troll 2 because it's like in the grand... It's like in the grand Italian tradition of like ripoffs that have absolutely nothing to do or like fake sequels to movies that are completely unrelated, which is kind of funny because Claudio Fergasso, who's the director of this movie... That is like where he got his start. Like he is famous for being the writer of Shocking Dark, which in Italy is known as Terminator Two. Um, so I, I don't know. That's just that's kind of funny. Um, well, and and also, super like, what, quick. How much of a hit was Troll to warrant? You know, like, it, did they really think they it were going to like? Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. <clears throat> uh, so super so quick. Uh, <laughs> I'm not dying. I swear about uh claudio and did you eat the green the sandwich movie, troll 2 yes i did um during <laughs> during best worst movie there is a clip of someone in an audience after one of the screenings asking him why did he name it troll 2 when it didn't have any trolls in it and it only had goblins <laughs> yeah and his response was just like a frustrated like rolling his eyes like you know nothing you know nothing about cinema his response is such a non-response where it's just like what which which makes it even better honestly complete lack of understanding of trolls just oh it makes it so good i'm kind of with him too where it's just like who cares i mean they're trolls they're goblins whatever it doesn't matter it's it's a movie I, i love it um so yeah, so basically it's about a family who goes off to uh to stay in the middle of nowhere for whatever reason. I don't even remember the reason they give in the movie. Um to a it, town called Nilbog. Like, um um it, it's like which, wife swapping, but it's house swapping. Like they they're just changing houses with with people out in the country. It's like an exchange program. Like they can come <laughs> live in the city and we're going to go live in the country. They never explain why. Like there's no reason whatsoever why they're exchanging houses oh so that movie uh the holiday with uh cameron diaz and kate winslet ripped this movie off so uh (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so basically this family runs into um a coven of sorts of of goblins who want to eat them but they're vegetarians so they have to first turn them into plants to make them palatable to be eaten is essentially the plot of the movie which is so bizarre just on its own um but what i love the most about it is that the way that it starts off is with this kind of like princess bride style story within a story where there's little boy Joshua who is sitting there being told a story by his grandpa Seth about um, a little elf kind of dude who has this little elf hat, which is adorable, who is being pursued by trolls through um, the forest moon of Endor. And uh, <laughs> he's like being chased by these trolls and he's like doing all these like rolls and flips and shit while this incredible like keyboard score is playing in the background and it is just so upbeat and amazing and like fist pumpingly 80s it is so amazing music during that opening scene is like the uh the composer said how many notes can i fit into one stanza it double it like just so many notes (laughs) it is so (laughs) 
it's so bad. I love it. It's 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 amazing. And and they cut to Grandpa Seth talking to Joshua about goblins and how horrible they are or whatever. And then you get like then his mom comes in and he's like uh, Joshua's like, Oh, Grandpa Seth is telling me a story and his mother's response is Grandpa Seth is dead and you get this just extraordinary like crash zoom out shot where it's close up on Joshua and then the camera zooms out super quick and you find out that his grandpa is not actually there reading a story because like it, when it crash zooms out the rocking chair is there and it looks like some like it looks like his grandpa Seth had just jumped out of the rocking chair out of frame because it is still like kind of rocking as if somebody had just jumped out of it <laughs> it is amazing uh it is one of the greatest shots in all of cinema and it's one of those things where it's kind of like you know there's something here where it's like it's totally ridiculous but there's still like some obvious craft like Claudio Fergasso is is clearly a director who kind of knows what he's doing behind the camera like he knows how to frame shots and do like interesting things with the camera so it's not like a hundred percent incompetent it's more just like that there is a weird disconnect like a cultural disconnect with him being an Italian filmmaker and trying to make a film about American people when he clearly doesn't really understand American culture. Um, Man, it's fascinating. He barely it understands American movie. words. And, and again, not saying this yeah. as insulting period new sentence, but in that same scene, because I did, this is just a, a good place to mention it. So the mother tells Joshua, not only Joshua, your grandfather is dead. Remember, we talked about this, but a you have to banish him from your mind. So, you know, the good caring mother that she is a, a <laughs> grieving child six months after the loss of obviously a very close relative is told to banish him from his mind. And then when she's saying, I know it's hard on you, it's hard on your father and your sister, whatever her sister's name is. Uh, I want to say Haley. Is that right? Um, Holly and your sister, Holly um, no, it's, and me, uh, Holly, his yeah. daughter. But like she, <laughs> in, in her explanation <laughs> of, I need to make sure that Man. the audience knows that I am the daughter of the dead person that you are seeing. It's just like, no one talks like that and it's so bad pray marco pray's performance in this movie is incredible because she is one of the kind of creep like her presence is so creepy because she has like these piercing blue eyes and this just like thousand yard stare like that's totally vacant and the way that she speaks is not the way normal humans speak it is very much like an invasion of the body snatchers kind of situation where it's like this is not a real person this is a pod person that is that is staring at me right now like she's she's one of the creepiest things about the movie and i don't mean to like knock on her performance or anything because again i love it like i think it's incredible and it really <laughs> adds to like just the weird atmosphere that pervades this movie um it is it's it's so wonderful i love it well and here's part of the reason why um, best worst movie is so so vital to watching troll 2 um the the scenes with uh the scenes with margot prey in best worst movie they're just sad like there's a couple other scenes that are just kind of like oh that's that's kind of sad but with her like there's there's some genuine heartbreaking like i feel so bad for her it really is and yeah. and 
like they 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 never directly say but i think that she has some sort of diagnosable something um and and yeah she just she's like kind of a recluse and she's taking care of her mother and it's it's just like she has these sincere the sincere desire to be an actress but she just doesn't have the ability to to pursue yeah, that like, kind of career i think in a certain way because of her situation right it is, like some it is extreme anxieties and and again like yeah it's kind of heartbreaking the scenes that she's in but you also realize she wasn't acting in troll 2 like she is that yeah. person and and again that's part of what makes it so heartbreaking but also part of what gives troll 2 so much of its charm is um you know like when she <laughs> when they're riding in the car and she wants joshua to sing row 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 your boat <laughs> as a way to like calm everyone down sing that song i like, love so much yes joshua joshua sing that song i love so much like i i, I don't feel <laughs> like she was playing a part i feel like that was just her being that person and and again this is not an insult i realize that i'm saying that so much it might sound like we're just being like extra defensive about it but it, it's also really important to note that God, it's really hard to talk about some of these things without it sounding like just a mega critique. But it's also kind of factual. And and yeah, she I I just I feel for her and you know, God bless her. And I I, I pray that yeah, she absolutely. and her mother are doing well. And yes, in Troll 2, she is a force to be reckoned with. Ah, <sighs> Yes. Um, yes. So, um, I'm trying to think you of know, where you started where to out go telling next. a oh plot, gosh. but so it doesn't even matter. A very low budget film. It doesn't. Oh yeah, it, like, it, it so is like a zero I, budget. I have to go back to Grandpa Seth for a second. <laughs> I, like I have to go back to Grandpa Seth for a second um, because he's kind of like the weird through line of this movie. That is what is the most like bewildering thing about it, where he is a spirit who will randomly kind of pop in and out of the film. Um, I love the actor who, who plays him. Like he, he actually is kind of good in his role. Like, I mean, uh, well, I don't know if I'd say kind of good, but, but to a certain extent, like he, he does have that kind of grandfatherly, uh, he does have a grandfatherly presence to him. That is, that is very welcome. Um, but anyway, so he will randomly pop in and out as like Deus Seth Machina to <laughs> save Joshua when he is in in trouble in certain scenes, and the the exact like parameters of what he can and can't do and how he can and can't interact with the family is so bizarre and inconsistent. Like he can show up in the one scene where they're about to dig into the uh, the typical uh, country hospitality or typical Southern hospitality, however it is that that George Hardy says it. Um, where they're about to dig in the food and then he snaps his fingers and he's like, okay, Joshua, you have only 30 seconds. He snaps his fingers and stops time, basically. And he's like, Joshua, you have 30 seconds to stop them from eating this food or they're going to turn into plants and be eaten. And then Joshua sits there and just <laughs> stares at them for well over 30 seconds to try and figure out what to do. And it's like, how can he manipulate time but only for 30 seconds at a time? What it time might is a force be. to be I don't reckoned know. with? It's it's <laughs> it, <laughs> so, it sure is. Two things. So it's like <clears throat> there there's 
so okay. The, Sorry, our delay, our there, time there delay. In this is is a little frustrating. Oh, it's it's fine. There's only a couple of times where it's actually annoying. I, I think for the most part, it's flowing pretty well. So two things. Um, thing number one, I need a shirt that says Deus Seth Machina with either him snapping his fingers or <laughs> where he shoots lightning. I need that to happen. Someone out there who makes shirts make that oh my God, uh, the size large. Amazing. I, I, I need that in my life. Thing number two, the superpower that I want to talk about is like the eagle eyes that apparently every single person in this movie has. Like when they're driving down the road and hundreds <laughs> of yards off the road, you see someone and and they see them like so clearly. There's like, hey, there they are. It's like, what? No, no, you wouldn't. No, you can't see them that far away. That's not realistic. I That does happen often. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's the scene where <laughs> um, the sister, Holly, flips off um her boyfriend who's in the camper at who's like waiting on her because he's wanting to join them on their family vacation but he like doesn't show up to go with them so he decides to take his friends on a winnebago to go down there it's so (laughs) so crazy anyway she flips him off from like a mile away in in a car that has like very dark tinted windows and he's like oh that's not nice (laughs) and then uh the dad Michael does the same thing where it's like he's pulling up to the Winnebago from like a like two miles away and can tell like that like what they're doing. It is so weird. Oh man! Um, Apparently, everyone in this God. town has magic powers. They do, they do. Um, but Grandpa Seth's magic powers are the most inexplicable because at one point he literally conjures an axe out of nowhere and cuts off one of the goblins' hands. And then, like, he also can, like, sometimes be seen by everyone and sometimes is only seen by Joshua. And at one point, he accidentally shows up in the wrong mirror, which is amazing, (laughs) where he, like, he's like, oh, I'm still trying to figure out the layout of this house. I love the fact that a ghost got lost because it was a new house. (laughs) It's It's one of the moments of like an actual, like you can tell it was an actual joke that they tried to make and it is sincerely funny. Whereas most of the other stuff is like kind of, you can tell is meant to be taken seriously, but is funny by accident. Here's the thing. I think that you're wrong. I do not think that that was written as a joke. I think that honest to God, they were like, how can we explain why someone other than Joshua saw Grandpa Seth? I know he got lost and showed up in the wrong room. Yes. Perfect. It's a new house. He doesn't know what it is. Goes to get lost often. Like, I honest to God, do not think that they wrote that trying to be funny because because it's too funny. Like, (laughs) it works too well. And nothing in this movie works and if they had been doing it on purpose then that tells me that they have a sense of humor and that they would have been trying to put out a comedy and if this so here's the thing about troll 2 if this was trying well, to be a comedy in the documentary the, it wouldn't work well he does say in the documentary he's like yeah they laughed at the parts that are supposed to be funny but they also laughed at the parts that are not supposed to be funny so it's like there's definitely some attempts at humor there it's just it's hard to discern what is actual what is an actual joke and what is just like this movie operating on its own wavelength 
I think that the things that he thought were jokes were like the scenes with um uh like Holly telling her boyfriend that her dad was gonna eat his nuts. Like I, I think that it's things like that. Eat that his little nuts and turn him into a homo. Funny. Yeah, I think that scenes like that that aren't yeah, actually yeah, funny or what because- people were laughing at because of how not funny they are. <laughs> but Grandpa Seth, I I think that he just had just like fundamental under- misunderstanding of yes of what like actual. I, I I just oh my god like I don't even know how to process half of this movie. <laughs> like I feel like my brain is like watching it. It just it's like this is your brain on drugs and this is your brain on Troll Two. Like it is the <laughs> egg frying on the pavement of movies. <laughs> the oh, the green eggs and ham frying on the pavement. Ah, oh yeah, absolutely. Green I eggs have, and ham, of course. I have lots of things to say, but I don't want to interrupt if you're in the middle of a coherent thought, which I know is hard when talking about this movie. Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing coherent about this. I just have like a an, a huge wall of notes of basically my reactions to everything that happens in this movie. Uh, I'm all over the place. You, if if you want to try and keep like write this ship and get us back on track a little bit with some actual structure, then then by all means, please take the reins. For, so I love the fact that you have a ton of notes of like, oh my god, this scene. Oh my god, this scene. Because like those are the reactions. Like this is the kind of movie that we've said this before that needs to be watched with other people. Which again is part of why we recommend watching Best Worst Movie first. Um, <clears throat> but like this is the kind of movie that as soon as it's over you start instantly quoting to your friends. Like you start saying, Oh man, you remember that scene? It's like, yes, of course I remember that scene. I literally just saw it with you 20 minutes ago, but (laughs) it's still so outlandish and so ridiculous that again, this is absolutely a communal movie. And that is one of the things that I love so much about it is like, I, I can understand people watching it and just hating it and be like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Why would anyone ever watch it? I get that. I understand that not everyone has taste. But for the most part, this is the kind of movie that you will never forget. And even if you only see it once, oh yeah, you're going to remember some of the lines. You're going to quote some of it. It's just it it is a movie that needs to be shared. Um all right, so I, I do have some notes, and mine also jump around a little bit. And part of the reason that my notes jump around is there's really not that much to say about this movie. I, I said this at the beginning. It is technically bad, really bad, but I love it, and I have so much enjoyment watching it. But even the fact that there's not that much to actually talk about, I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> because yeah. again it's they're just, just there's so many little scenes where it's just like oh yes this is brilliant oh yes that is terrible this is brilliantly terrible and terribly brilliant and and so ah uh, yeah that is absolutely part of why we are rambling and jumping around is it's not like other movies that we've talked about that there's a very clear through line of this is this solid technical component and this is how it leads into this other area and this is how it leads to this other piece which then leads into our emotional reaction it's not like other movies that we've talked about that has a coherent reaction 
because the movie itself is so incoherent <laughs> and it is just a string yeah. of just what the hell were they thinking moments and that is where the magic comes from and and like you said about um watching best worst movie and understanding that there's so much heart there is a ton of heart in this movie i don't think that the director has a grasp of what humans actually are but the people who were making it legitimately put their heart and soul into it like uh michael paul stevenson thought that this was going to be his big break he thought that this was essentially going to be his own yeah um the margot prey the mom when she talks about it likens it to casablanca uh the the writer um oh my god uh, yeah she name? does uh, uh, oh crap what's her name i have it pulled up here um rosella drudy like she uh, talks rosella about how it's a movie drudy drudy yeah she talks about how it's a movie of you know life and family and death and food and ah uh, it's about everything and just look it is about everything and like so many of the people that were in the movie didn't Let's... think it was going to be terrible and then they watched it and it is terrible <laughs> and they were embarrassed by it and um uh what's her name the one that uh plays holly um connie young she still doesn't have it on her resume at at least as of um whenever best worst movie came out like she she refuses to acknowledge that she was in it and uh the guy that played grandpa seth um i had his name pulled up just a second ago as well robert ormsby Ormsby. like in best yeah in man this delay is killing us when i say things and you say it right after um i know in in best worst movie he was talking about how like he always wanted to be in a bad movie and then you know he did troll 2 and come to find out it was a bad movie but like even he who wanted to be in a bad movie i don't think at the time he fully understood quite how bad it was but it's just going back and watching it it's just like oh yeah that's bad that's that's real bad yeah (laughs) but again that's where so much of the love for this movie comes in. And and I know that I would have enjoyed this movie watching it on its own because I do love terrible movies. I mean, again, how many times have we talked about pieces? Mm. Even though that is brilliant cinema, it is also complete trash, and I love it. And um, you know, we, we did an episode on Blood Rage where I spent a while talking about how that movie is technically a great movie, despite the fact that it doesn't seem so on the surface. So I I have a soft spot for movies that most people would consider terrible. So I think that I would have enjoyed mm. Tro- Troll 2 on its own. But watching Best Worst Movie and getting to know the characters, getting to see how has this impacted their life, as well as how this movie impacted the lives of others, it, it just takes it to another level where Troll 2 transcends how terrible it is and turns into almost an emotional experience in and of itself. And I, I've not watched it with anyone yet who hasn't experienced that. You know, I might be overselling it a little bit. I don't care. I just, I I love this movie so much. Um, And, and even though I've talked about how terrible it is, honestly, it's not that far from a great movie. And here's some of the technical pros i guess uh about this film 
And, and we can kind of use this as a jumping off point to get through, I assume, most of the other thoughts that you have on the technical side before we get to the emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's really not it, it's terrible. It is really bad, but it could be <laughs> a great movie with just a few tweaks. One of those tweaks being someone who actually like understands humans. Um but like th- there is some solid story continuity body. and <laughs> yes <laughs> and dialogue and but like the, the even though it does jump around and even though at times it is incoherent there this movie is kind of about life and death and food and how family like works through all of those things like the the stuff that we laugh about Rosella Drudy saying about the movie they actually are kind of there. I mean, the movie starts out with finding out that this kid is dealing with the trauma of his grandfather dying. And then like, they're going to go into this isolated town and uh, you know, they're already starting to maybe split a little bit. So when they are in that smaller setting, in that more reclusive setting, like it's going to force them to either get much, much closer as a family or it's going to drive them further apart and i mean like mm-hmm. I, honestly is this that far off from hereditary obviously yes but like <laughs> whoa it, it, <laughs> but it has that potential and it's got the creepy it's the opposite cult. it drives the family together in the end <laughs> exactly including the and, boyfriend you know, he like, gets he gets accepted into the family <clears throat> off off uh like off screen he gets accepted just for no reason just he's one of us now uh, for no reason and, and like, like but i, I want to know what happened in that car ride they did it um so so like even with the fact that it's like oh the trolls Whoa, Nathan, are <laughs> uncalled for <laughs> is it <clears throat> I didn't even mean that as dumb as the together. no just the boyfriend and the girlfriend not the rest of the family even as dumb as the plot sounds I mean, the of trolls have to turn them. Well, it was a big van. Anyways, <laughs> as dumb as the plot is of trolls turning people into plants, is that really that different or that much worse than the plot of Invasion of the Body Snatchers of alien plants turning people into plants to just be plants? You know, like, I, I love Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, the 50 ver- 50s version and the 70s version. I have not seen some of the other sequel slash remakes. Um, but, like, those are both legitimately great movies that the fear and the horror about them is some other underlying fear. But when you really think about the plot, it's just dumb. Like, really? Plant people are turning people into plants for no other reason than turning them into plants. That's dumb. At least in Troll 2, they're turning them into a source of food. Like, it it almost makes sense. Um, There is some legitimately great body horror. It's poorly executed, but, I mean, you got trees growing out of people and, like, roots shooting through a person's chest. And it's... I find the the special effects or, like, the makeup effects in this movie... <clears throat> it's 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 one of those things where it's like because of how low budget it is and because there's there's this weird kind of uncanny valley 
effect that you get from it where it's like, I recognize that what I'm seeing is fake. Like I recognize that these goblin masks are just masks, but there's something about that that makes it even more creepy to me (laughs) that like there's this weird incongruity to what I'm seeing and it's still like they're still pretty creepy just on their own but yeah i I don't know like the effects are so bad that it kind of circles around back around to being good and that's ultimately like what happens with almost every aspect of this movie it's like this is so beyond the realm of what i could ever imagine a movie could or should be that it circles back around to just being like i've never seen that before and i I'm happy that i did see it exactly and that's where again a ton of that heart comes in if this movie was trying to be terrible, if this movie was like Sharknado where it's trying to be bad and like really playing up the badness, it, it would still be amusing. You know, like I still watch Sharknado and I still laugh at it, but it doesn't have the same impact because it's trying to be bad. Troll 2 is trying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just at the scene of, but how can we get him back? Hold a seance, maybe? Just the dialogue. And it's so bad. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> because they are trying to be a good movie and it feels so miserably on every single level, that is part of what makes it so great and part of what makes it so <laughs> much fun to watch. And, and yeah, like, uh, talking about those goblin masks, uh, only one of them actually has eyes. The rest of them are just like dark and recessed and you don't see any of the, yeah, the eyes. One with eyes is the creepy is the super creepy one. Yeah, because they look so terrible. But I love the fact I mean, the fact that that is the only goblin mask that has eyes. You just know that like that they made one of them and like that looks bad. We can't we can't use that. And then they were like, but we need that many goblins we have to use it. And they were like, all right, we can't afford to make more. So I guess we're using the one with the super crazy eyes. Like that's, that's the (laughs) only possible explanation that I can think of for why there's only one goblin mask that, uh, that has eyes and the rest of them do not. Um, yeah, it had to be something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, um, Again, the the body horror, like one dude turns into a tree. Uh, there's some not. Oh my not, god! What? <laughs> it's so amazing. It is. It is one of the most iconic scenes. And even though it happens off screen, uh, limbs get torn off with the chainsaw. Part of his face gets ripped off. Like there's some legitimately great gore and horror scenes in this movie. <sighs> that just get lost I love the sound effect of the chainsaw like trying to cut his legs down like it doesn't sound anything like a chainsaw and he's just he's- laughing like it tickles <laughs> it's so oh my god like it's just so bizarre uh, I, uh, it's so hard and there's this incredible moment of physical comedy where his friend comes in and tries to move his feet that are in the pot and like he's not moving at all <laughs> And he's like, and I'm sitting here like, what is going to happen when you get to the stairs? Like, how do you, how, like, wh- you're not even thinking ahead in, in any way. Like, it's just so absurd. Like, he's, he's just trying to it, save here's him. The, the, I think the thing about this movie that's, that I love the most about it is like, I'm, I've gotten to a point where I've seen so many movies and so many movies just show you the same thing over and over again, or just like a, a slight remix of something you've already seen before that makes it a little bit different or whatever but troll 2 is a movie where it's like from 
a moment to moment basis i had no idea what the <laughs> f- was going to happen like it was just it, like even even seeing the documentary beforehand it's like i saw some of these scenes but even still like seeing them in context is just like what like how does a person actually come up with this stuff it like the scene oh my god nathan <laughs> the scene where um the witch in the film who's played by deborah reed who is giving a legitimately kind of amazing performance like total scenery chewing performance oh my god you were there nathan has just turned his camera away (laughs) and he is watching the scene that i'm talking about here so deborah reed shows up to uh one of the friends of uh the boyfriend character uh which 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 one's the boyfriend man it doesn't Uh, even matter we've not even talked about drew brent arnold i don't know we've elliot elliot yeah Elliot, yeah, he's the boyfriend. So I don't know which I don't I think it might be Brent who is the one who's in the camper, but she shows up to I could be totally wrong. Uh, she shows up to <laughs> his camper and he's sitting there watching TV and the TV changes to show like w- what's happening outside of the camper for some reason. He's like, "Oh, what is this channel?" And she walks up to him and she's like made herself super hot or whatever. <laughs> And she walks up to him holding an ear of corn. And I'm immediately just like, wait, what is happening? Like, she's like being very seductive. Like lifting her dress so you can see her garters. And yeah. Yeah. And like she's, but she's holding a piece, like an ear of corn this entire time. And I'm just sitting here like, why does she have corn? Like, what is happening? What is like, I'm just so perplexed by this piece, this ear of corn. And she starts like rubbing it and like dancing with it sort of. And then she shows up and he's just like, oh, she's outside. I'm going to go open the door. And she like sticks the the ear of corn in her belt like it's a fucking corn holster. (laughs) And (laughs) then like they start like she starts literally seducing him. Like this is the Mrs. Robinson scene of the film. Uh, And and you're just saying to yourself, uh, oh, man, they're going to shuck. They're they're gonna shuck. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And she starts like they she puts the corn in his mouth and they start like making out, but with the corn in between them. And I'm and I just like, how is this hot? Is this supposed to be sexy? Like, why is how he's is just it not totally hot? going along with this? I, I I but then and then Nathan and then. I, I, I don't even know how like I'm still just so baffled by what happens popcorn starts going everywhere everywhere there is popcorn and I'm just completely like I feel like my brain has turned into popcorn at this point because I'm just completely blown away by what is happening on the screen I've never seen anything like this in my entire life and it is the most incredible thing that I've ever experienced. You've, you've never film. seen like, it, it is truly. You've never seen anyone orgasm popcorn. Oh my god! It is a truly singular moment in in cinema history that it's... I just I I had no idea what was about to happen. <laughs> and when it ha- when like the payoff to that scene is just it is euphoric, Nathan. It's... It is truly euphoric. It's my god. It like it doesn't even make any sense within the context of the rest of the movie. Like if she's a magic witch, she can just eat him. I don't, it's so, and there's no, like, 
Oh Nothing ever really happens with that character again. I don't even do they even show him again other than just to show him wiping popcorn out of his eyes. I no, don't remember. They they just show him again when he is wiping popcorn off his face, going, "No, no more popcorn, no more popcorn." Yeah, and you never see him again, and it's like, what was what was she doing? Like, what was her goal? Why does this scene even exist? But also, of course, the scene has to exist because look at it, just look at it, like. Oh my God. It is truly inexplicable and amazing. And it's the perfect encapsulation of why this movie is great. Yes. Even though it's terrible. And and like you said, there are so many scenes like that, that you get glimpses of them in best worst movie, but without the rest of the context, I mean, even one of the most quoted lines in the entire movie of you can't piss on (laughs) hospitality. I won't allow it. It's like, yeah, that's funny. And you watch it in Best Worst Movie and you laugh because it's a funny line. And then you get to it in the context of the movie and spoilers, but whatever. You realize it's because Joshua literally pissed on hospitality. On hospitality. He literally did it because he's like, I don't know how to make them stop. I want to know like in this moment. So time stopped because he had to stop them from eating the food that would turn them into plants. He walks up there and like, I, I can't like, first of all, they already had food like up to their face. Dude, if like they if could you, still have eaten. If you had a donut in front of your face and one of your kids stood up on the table and started pissing everywhere, would you actually take a bite of that donut before stopping him and or throwing only, everything away? No, but what's funny too, is he didn't stand up He because they stopped time. He had to have literally teleported up onto the table and been pissing on the food. I just don't understand. Like, I want to know what what happened from their perspective, like how that looked, because time stopped and he had. uh, It doesn't make any sense. Haven't you ever looked away from your kids for like a minute and then turned around and said to yourself, "Why is there poop everywhere?" I mean, sure, like actual poop. How did it get on the ceiling? I mean, like, I mean, we're looking for logic in a movie that is inherently illogical. (laughs) But my favorite, my favorite thing about this is that when he talks about like, "Oh, you can't piss on hospitality," I won't allow it. The next thing is he starts tightening his belt because he's tightening his belt to stop the hunger pangs because he didn't get to eat the food that was prepared for him. Like, why didn't this family bring any food with them? And why is it that they cannot just like (laughs) go and prepare food for themselves later? It's like we're relying solely on the generosity of other people that we didn't even expect what i want the backstory of like uh like what hunger he experienced as a kid like what trauma did he go through that he's just like yeah you you want to play tough okay i'll show you yeah he's like he's like you want to go on hunger strike okay i can play that game with you and it's like what (laughs) and also the the moment immediately preceding that is kind of disturbing because uh diana the mother is like michael don't hit him (laughs) Like, yeah, and so you expect him to take off his belt and whip him, and like, no, he's just tightening oh his belt. God, it's so man. Oh God, I so incredible. I cannot believe that I forgot to mention this. Uh, so we've mentioned the father a few times, George Hardy, which is <laughs> I I'll I'll let you uh, say how he is described in best worst movie because I know that you love oh, that yeah. line. <laughs> It is my favorite line in the entire documentary, and it's when George Hardy is being introduced at one of the screenings. They refer to him as the rich man's Craig T. Nelson, and when you see him, it makes perfect sense. Like George Hardy is a legitimately like 
handsome dude like he's got like a strong jawline just like this terrific mane of blonde hair like and he's an older like i mean he's much older now than he was when he made the movie and he's still a good looking guy i mean like he has a winning smile he looks like he could play johnny bravo's dad is what he looks like just very broad shoulders that strong chin kind of a square head um but yeah like he he is legitimately one of the nicest people in the world not just from the documentary but, and I cannot believe that I forgot to mention this during the prior information, when I saw Best Worst Movie and Troll 2 in Alabama, George Hardy was there because he's from Alabama. So, of course, he's going to show up to a screening because, like, he had been uh-huh. literally traveling the world with these movies and, uh, like, sharing the love of Troll 2 and the cult of the movie. And, and so, yeah, like, he, he was there. And, unfortunately, I did not have a chance to, to talk to him. Um, but... Like, just watching him interact with other people, he was, like, genuinely nice and legitimately wanted to talk to them about their love of this movie, as terrible as it was. And that, I think, is also part of why this movie is just so solidified in my brain of, like... I don't think that I'm ever going to forget this movie because that first experience was so memorable. And so like, yes, this is what I am looking for. And you know, it's things like that, uh, which is why we love stuff like central cinema and uh, Chattanooga film fest is because of sharing love of cinema, regardless of whether or not it's good or bad. And um, yeah, the, the troll two kind of started me on that path. Um, Oh God, there, there were more things that I was going to say. Um, um i'm trying to think Uh, so okay uh we oh shit where did it go i I had something that i was about to say and i don't remember what it is um okay i do just want to mention briefly that there is a scene in this movie where um one of the people in the film uh is jogging and goes to a general store to get something to drink (laughs) um and at the general store there's like nothing in there but candy and milk which is just sitting on a shelf it is not refrigerated whatsoever. And the kid goes into this room to get the milk. And this creepy old man comes out who is literally a creepy old man in real life. Um, yep. It, according to the movie, uh, he, it is it is kind of disturbing how creepy he is. And he but luckily he recognizes that he is uh, that he is a creepy old man. Yeah, he, he, he was uh, seeking help at the time. He, he was seeking help. That is true. Yes. Um, good for him. Um, but so he goes in and this guy's like hey we have this milk that you should drink and it's free we give it we give this milk out free for everyone and then again this is milk that has been sitting on a shelf the kid is jogging he leaves the general store jogs through the woods and he gets really hot and so he's like oh i'm really hot and thirsty i'm going to chug milk that is lukewarm that is room temperature and I, I'm just, I think it's maybe the most disgusting thing that has ever happened. Um, just ever. It is, it is, I, I, it is the, maybe the most inexplicable thing in a movie that is completely just incomprehensible from beginning to end. I, oh my God, it's disgusting. I almost throw up every single time they get to that scene. Cause there's a few scenes in this movie, like where they're pouring out soured clotted milk that looks like cottage cheese yeah. and it's disgusting. But, oh, man, when he is sweaty and has been running and he drinks it, like, uh, it is, 
it's a movie that has a lot of gross stuff in it and it is the grossest thing that happens. i don't even like eating um, ice cream on a day that's too hot because of just like getting a sour stomach and yeah seriously who who came up with the idea of eating ice cream when it's hot outside like i get that it's cold but my god that is so like every time i do it i i immediately regret yeah, the, it. it is the not only way that i eat ice cream during the summer is when i have been inside for a while and like all of me has cooled off and i eat ice cream and then i stay inside <laughs> for even longer because yeah hot milk in your stomach is just disgusting and yeah it's so insane kind of want to throw um, up now. I, I do remember the other point that i have to make had, that i wanted to make and it's that i think that there are certain parts of this movie that are legitimately good but not in the way th- in a very like kind of uh roundabout way so like for example there's some scenes in this movie that are legitimately kind of scary and creepy um but only because of how unexpected they are so like there's a scene where um joshua realizes <laughs> i can't even say it. so he look he's looking at a sign where it says nilbog <laughs> street and he this is the moment the red rum moment where he realizes that nilbog is actually goblin spelled backwards and he's like holy shit this town is run by goblins oh my god <laughs> uh that's actually a different moment but that is basically what what happens it's because they couldn't he's use the same with line his twice dad, of course they can't yeah so he's sitting there with his dad and because he's so terrified of of this realization he decides to skate away from his father and enter an abandoned building because that's definitely what i do when i'm terrified is i go oh yeah out of the daylight away from safety into an abandoned building dude if with like an anarchy science it spray paint if on horror it. movies have taught you anything it's to stay out of the daylight um stay in creepy buildings also super quick go run into a confined space super quick or else i'm gonna forget the uh all of the scenes that have lightning it is the exact same like animation of lightning that they just keep reusing it is yeah it's uh, it's (laughs) awesome okay um i love that his grandpa is basically shazam (laughs) (laughs) he could just rain down lightning um so uh so joshua goes off into this warehouse and he in this warehouse actually turns out to be kind of like their real church because the church that is in the movie is actually a house uh because because it's troll two and of course sure um so they go into this warehouse and joshua goes up to the second floor and he's kind of like looking down through a hole in this kind of like in the floor of the building because it's kind of crumbling and he's watching them watching the preacher with his lovely uh bolo tie he looks like <laughs> f-ing michael mcdonald or something i don't know um he uh is giving this sermon about how disgusting meat is and uh joshua is really high up above them and he accidentally knocks over his skateboard which kind of rolls down through the hole in the floor and startles them and it shows them like kind of all turn around and look at him and then it cuts back to joshua like a close-up of his face and a hand <laughs> shoots up through the hole and grabs his face very aggressively and starts shaking and it's it. one of those things where it starts shaking his face yeah and it's one of those things where it's like it's so aggressive and so f- completely physically impossible that anybody could have jumped up there and reached his face let alone gotten there as fast as it could like it is so unexpected that a hand would have reached up and grabbed his face that it ends up becoming a legitimately good jump scare because of how unexpected and impossible it actually is and because it's so simple Um, like it's also and it's so simple yeah 
it really is like a legitimately good jump scare, but it's only good because of how poorly done it is, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like it's 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 a movie that is so bad that it just completely it basically cancels itself out with how bad it is to coming back around to being kind of legitimately fun and great in certain scenes. Man, this oh god. So <clears throat> Oh, and also the the final scene of the movie is uh, so over the top and ridiculous, doesn't make a damn bit of sense, and it is kind of legitimately disturbing when Joshua, again, spoiler alert, is saying like, oh my God, they're eating... Well, he doesn't say, oh my God, he's he's like, they're eating my mom. <laughs> well, and... Like, but, because that's how you would react if your mom was being them, eating. Like, him eaten. walking around the house to the realization of everyone's gone and like seeing all of that green blood in the shower and just like that very sad empty just mommy like it's it's yeah. sad it is it really is like it, um uh margot prey in the documentary mentions like when she was watching that scene being filmed she's like i really believed you that your mom was being eaten by goblins or whatever like she's like i really believed it it was so good and you watch the movie and it's like Again, it's not good acting, but like just the way that it is shot and like the weird body double that they use and like the green grease and the way that he just says, I don't know. There's something that is profoundly disturbing about that scene. So the, Again, God, it's so the, weird. The thing about this entire movie, like I've said, it's so close to being great, but it is so far off and so terrible. Like, we've mentioned a lot of things where, it, you know, like you said, uh, with the little red rum moment, it's like, oh, yeah, like they've got the um, the big reveal because a word is spelled backwards. And there are, I think, a lot of similarities between Troll 2 and uh, Phantasm. And there are some similarities with Leprechaun and similarities with um, uh, Wicker Man and just like any other small town cult movie. And there's there's so much about this movie that is right on the verge of being great but it's like a bunch of high school kids watched all of these great movies and wanted to make a movie themselves and rather than like sitting down and writing a script they just started throwing ideas out on film and then when they got to the end, they were like, yeah, that's good. Let's just use that. And like never it's, went back. It's like a movie made by Mad Libs to a certain extent. It's like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to save the day in the very end? I know a bologna sandwich. Not just a bologna sandwich. A, a double decker bologna sandwich that has I, a double decker. That's actually like six. Slices dude, of bologna. six nothing. <laughs> I tried counting them. It's more like 20. Like it, it is an you entire. You can't even get your mouth around that. It thing. is an entire pack of bologna, but between two pieces of bread. It's, <laughs> and it's the and I cannot oh wait God. until we can actually like have people together again so that I can serve double decker bologna sandwiches. Thank God, bologna is cheap because it's going to be expensive to <laughs> make each one of those, and some lime green jello and some cottage cheese and ah. Uh, the the aesthetic of Troll Two, <laughs> the aesthetic of Troll Two is like a trauma film, but without someone trying to do a trauma film, like someone trying to make 
It's a family-friendly trauma Dude, film. It, it is not family-friendly. Again, th- it's it's not, but it also is like a PG-13 movie. It's not like a hard R. It has like some gory moments and gross stuff. I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. It's definitely not a family no. movie because like you got these teens who one kid walks out into the woods and starts screaming because they're being attacked and his friends inside assume that he's screaming because he found a woman in the woods and is now having <laughs> sex with her because, of course, that's, that's what I would have assumed. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah holy god the yeah again the gore in this movie very horribly done and very green but put it in the hands of someone who like knows how to do good (laughs) gore effects and this would be a pretty gnarly movie like i yeah (laughs) honestly i would love to see uh graham skipper do a remake of troll 2 but like like a very oh, true yeah. to form remake where it's not trying to like necessarily make it a better movie, but at the same time, not trying to be bad. But yeah, with, with just all of the goopy, gory grossness, like this could be a super solid just gore fest. But in, instead, it's, you know bad for sure <laughs> with oh also meant, so meant to mention too lines. um i really want to see the side movie that's happening because i mentioned that the uh with grandpa seth he kind of just randomly shows up throughout the film whenever joshua needs to be saved um I, I they kind of like imply that he's actually in hell because one of the one of the troll people like starts screaming like i order you by the sacred order of the magic stone and it's Lord go back to hell. And it's like, Oh, okay. So he's in hell. We presume. And like, I like to imagine that every time he gets sent back, like he has to, he like shows up and then he has to randomly like go back. Um, I like to imagine that like, he's constantly like having to fight demons <laughs> to get back to the, uh, the earthly plane to help Joshua in his time of need. And like, I just like to imagine that there's some other movie going on in the background where he's just like kicking demons asses, trying to get back to save his grandson from being eaten by goblins. Like that just sounds like a fun kind of has some similarities (laughs) with phantasm. Um, A fun spinoff movie. It's like, yeah, it's like an insidious spinoff where he's going off in that like shadow realm and insidious or like poltergeist, which is insidious is basically a remake of. Well, and like, um, Oh, what was I just about to say? Um, Oh, I, I also like to think that this movie is taking place in the same world as uh, Beyond the Gates, you know, since we mentioned Graham a few minutes ago, with some of that, like, jumping back and forth and with the uh, oh, like, yeah, yeah, dead sure. father and little goblin people showing up out of nowhere. Um, but y- you mentioned the side movie, and I thought that you were going to talk about the movie within a movie that they're watching in the Winnebago of, I, I don't even know what that is. Like, it's almost a... Oh yeah, Planet well, of the Apes meets two thousand one ish sort of thing. Yeah, that was. Uh, I wonder if that's a real movie or if that's like some kind of like if they actually shot that for this movie or if they just got some kind of like public domain footage from something that they could stick in there. Like, what is that? I I don't that know. Be, like, I I hope that, that they now. shot that. Um, I hope that they shot that like specifically for this movie. You know, I. <laughs> Because yeah. they couldn't even afford public access is uh, is where my mind goes. But I want to see what that movie is because it also looks amazing. 
Oh man, did we mention that um, 30% of this movie is actually just people staring at each other and slowly backing away? <laughs> we have <laughs> like, not. <laughs> there are so many moments in this movie where people are just kind of like getting into a staring match with people who are trying to hurt them and they're slowly backing away and the people who are trying to hurt them just let them walk away. <laughs> like there's the scene where they're at the end where like they get, they finally, the family finally finds out that the townsfolk are goblins who are trying to eat them and they like slowly back away to get back in the house and the townsfolk just sit there and stand outside of the house just waiting on they're them waiting like they on them turn, bag- they're waiting on them to turn into vegetables yeah they're well they're, they toss a bag of like a food or of sandwiches or something like you better eat these sandwiches because uh that'll make this a lot easier on all of us oh, what is it they say like if we have to kill you then otherwise the blood would mix with the meat and then you'd have to be soaked in vinegar all night <laughs> like that makes sense what dude oh we've also just, not even uh, talked about incredible. just like the complete lack of understanding I mean, i've mentioned it a few times of um claudio like doesn't understand humans um but he talks about in troll or in best worst movie about like he knows americans and like this is the most american movie that has ever been made because this is how americans talk uh, yeah but the dialogue especially between holly and elliot it is so bad and like the oh, the tenuous understanding of friends and romantic relationships is just like what just what is going on like when uh when you first meet elliot and he shows up in uh in holly's room you know standard like 80s 90s horror movie sneaking into the bedroom sort of thing and uh after the famous line of he brings his friends with him yes after the famous line of what are you trying to do turn me into a homo which not just, just terrible writing like that's that but you know what's great uh, writing release your instincts in the bathroom yes, that is amazing that's great writing um but then when when he's like what's wrong with having friends and she's like nothing if you want to stay a virgin for life <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like what? I, oh god it's, like, it's she's like ditch them or i never want to see you again it's like what like she she's basically saying like you can't even have friends it's not like hey you've been it's weird to like it's weird that he brings his friends with them with him to like go make out with his girlfriend that is weird and le- she has a legitimate concern where it's like hey maybe don't bring your friends with you but in her mind, it's like, no, you should just literally not have any friends. Which, like, you need to dedicate your life solely to me. Like, and that's is that's troublesome so on its unhealthy, own. But so toxic. We so we we've talked plenty on uh, the podcast about how you know we are very LGBTQ friendly. You know, we are allies. We we support uh, people who are LGBTQ. Like, we very much are in support. Period. This movie presents Elliot as if he is very, very closeted. And I, I needed to make sure to add in that preface of, uh, you know, the fact that we are in support of LGBTQ so that it didn't sound like we're like, oh, oh, is he gay or something? Because that's not how we mean it. But like, come on, this dude is so closeted. Not only the fact that when he shows up to make out with his girlfriend, it's like, oh, yeah, I brought my three friends. What? Why can't they be here, too? And when she's yeah. like, okay, meet us here at eight. And he's an hour and a half late because of his friends. And then the scene where he sleeps in a bed with they, his friends. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah. They yeah. sleep. I am assuming 
I am assuming naked, but definitely at least shirtless with each other. Uh, the the scene that you already talked about with the witch where they're eating the corn cob, like that is straight out of another movie that I have to make sure to enunciate when I'm talking yeah, I about. Was, I was really, I was really wondering what she was going to do with that corn cob, and uh, my expectation was not what happened. <laughs> yeah, Be, because like that guy's getting into it just as much as she is, and again, there's nothing oh, yeah. wrong with that. Like. If it was just, yes, these characters are gay, then it's like, all right, well, it's a misrepresentation of what gay people are like, but all right. But it's the fact that, like, right. he is supposed to be just like, you know, the the cool boyfriend or like the unassuming boyfriend. And it's just, that's, are you sure you didn't accidentally just like write a few gay characters into your movie? And again, it's fine if that's what they're supposed to be, but I don't think that that is what they're supposed to be be and yet that is exactly yeah, this what movie they seems are to imply and... that like it seems it, it seems to imply that like because his girlfriend isn't putting out that it's turning him gay like this is literally what he is saying like oh what are you trying to do turn me into a homo right, because she kicked him and in then, the nuts because she kicked him in the nuts and then she's like oh I, I, my dad will turn you into homo because he's going to eat your nut you're he's, eat, he's eat gonna your rip off nuts, your tiny little like, nuts you, and eat them your tiny little nuts and eat them and it's like does this does she, does she think that like being castrated makes you gay like what is happening here know. it's so insane it's so and so like not politically correct in any way but but yeah like i don't know it's it is uh it is this movie has a very weird uh issue with with sexuality in general it's... and and relationships and and literally everything but it is also uh, a movie about life and family and death and food and food yes. Yes. gotta be about food man all the all the things that are important I, I think that the last thing that i have to say about this because i even though we've been jumping around a lot i almost feel like there were some coherent thoughts this movie is just a, a plethora of quotable lines like we we've been quoting a few throughout this episode um but I also used to have an app that was just like all of the the main lines like, oh, my God, and they're eating her. Then they're going to eat me. It's just, <laughs> man, th- this movie is just one giant quote fest after another. Um, there's yeah, there's one moment that like is is one moment that I think is sincerely bad in a way that like is not even funny in an ironic way. And it's the part where uh they uh the goblins are in the kitchen and they're surrounding the uh the family i can't remember their last name the family with elliot the boyfriend and he elliot is like uh what is it that he says something like can't we just talk about it i mean we're all humans here <laughs> and he's talking to goblins and then it gives you like the goofy like boing kind of sound effect we're like oh isn't that hilarious the thing that he just said and it is like truly grown worthy again uh, that that's, that's why so... i don't think that the i'm still trying to figure out the layout of this house i don't think that that was trying yeah. to be comedy because i feel like because it's actually funny right, the things that are trying to be funny are failing are painful oh my god all right i like i said at the beginning of all this there's not much that i can say but i can't stop talking about troll 2 i think the only the only other thing the only two things that i have is that joshua has great taste in um like room decor 
with his uh batman his he's got michael keaton batman and superman on his wall and all that stuff his room's cool um also can we talk about the fact that claudio fragrasso is credited as drake floyd <laughs> for some reason in this movie like i'm i'm actually we keep talking about how this movie feels like it was made by someone who is not a human being who has never had any actual human interaction before claudio fragrasso is a man who has more pseudonyms than a secret agent like all even his movies that he made in Italy before this, he has like all these other different pseudonyms that he uses, like Clyde Anderson, and I I'm starting to think that he is actually some kind of shape shifting <laughs> being. Like maybe he's like like whatever uh, creature that Pennywise the clown is that it can just turn into different things or something. But maybe I don't know. There's something that's so weird about it, like his sk- the fact that he is constantly changing his credits on movies that he's in, and also. Again, this movie. I've never seen any other films. I've never seen any of his Italian movies. He he worked with like Fulci on some of the zombie movies, writing and co-directing them. <laughs> um, and I'm sure those are probably a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something really strange about the fact that he decided on Drake Floyd. I, maybe to sound more American. I was, I I was just about to say, if you're trying to make an American movie with very American themes, can you think of a more American name than Drake Floyd? Uh, I mean, it's it, it, it definitely works for <laughs> it's, sure. It's definitely something. Drake Floyd. Um, yeah, I, I again, I could literally talk about this movie all night long. We have already been talking about it longer than the actual movie. Um, no, oh, yes, we did no, it. No, granted, part of this was also uh, the um, uh, the announcements that they had that we had at the beginning. But yes, this episode is now longer than the actual movie because I pushed start right when we started recording and now I'm just staring at the title screen. Um, Good. So I I really could talk about this movie all night long and I watch it at least once a year and I love it. All that being said, I, I don't know if there's anything else that I can say about it tonight that isn't just going to be just verbal vomit, repeating the same things that we've been going over and over. Ah. <sighs> So, <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, Eric, I think that I, uh, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. Um, and we obviously just blurred the line between technical and emotion just right out the window. Uh, so how rewatchable is troll two? And, you know, because this was part of the viewing experience, uh, best worst movie and troll two, how rewatchable are those for you? Oh, they're so rewatchable. Yeah, even and I'm like I'm not the kind of person who would uh, even really rewatch documentaries all that often. Um, but that is definitely one that I would be more than happy to check out um, quarterly, if not. I mean, like it is. It's so much fun and so fascinating. And um, it's it's. I almost feel like if I ever rewatch Troll Two, I have to like like you always pair the two movies yeah. up, and I feel like that's. It has to be a double feature. Um, I mean, it doesn't like I. You can enjoy Troll Two on its own, um, but the fact that I've seen both of them, like I feel like I will always want to revisit them together. Um, they're kind of inseparable in my mind now. Uh, I love the parts of Best Worst Movie where uh, George Hardy is just like tr- selling the shit out of Troll 2 <laughs> to these conservative country folk. Like I want to like the moment where he's like trying to get together a screening in his hometown and he's like selling it to people he is literally like performing dental surgery on and stuff is 
it, it's so tense because I was like, oh my God, how are these people going to react to this movie? Because they're not going to like this at all. Dude, um, one of my and- favorite scenes in Best Worst Movie is what you were talking about, where George Hardy is talking to uh, to one of his patients and he's saying like, oh yeah, you know, I was in this movie. It's terrible. It's the worst movie ever made. Blah, 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 blah. And I say this on campus on hospitality and everyone laughs. And there's just like this yeah. awkward <laughs> silence. Well, anyway, well, let's go ahead and talk about your treatment plan. And it's just like such a yeah, it's the so most funny. awkward non sequitur. And like it, it kind of. Uh, I get butterflies every single time like, because of how uncomfortable it is. And I love it so much. It is. But at the same time, it's like, he's so, he's so charismatic. Like it's, it's completely understandable why everybody in this town was like, sure, I'll go see your movie. Yeah. Like he's going door to door and convincing little old ladies to come see troll too. Like that's a, <laughs> that dude ha- is a born salesman. It's incredible. Um, I also, I also, <laughs> I love it that he's not like always shown in a positive light. Like you get the scene where he goes to the horror conventions and he's talking to people from like nightmare on Elm street and he's running around. He's like, what kind of people like this shit? (laughs) 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 It's so amazing. Like that. He just, he's so he's famous for this like crazy horror movie and he hates horror movies. Um, and he's literally pissing on the hospitality that his fans have (laughs) have shown him in some way um but again like it's so sincere and, and sweet overall though i i love it um and then troll 2 is just it is a movie that will be infinitely rewatchable just because of how alien it is on every level how it is so unlike anything else i've ever seen and just so much fun and i can't wait until this horrible pandemic is over because I really want to get in a room with people and watch it Mystery Science 3000 style and just talk the entire time and have a blast. With no, it. you don't talk during Troll 2. You enjoy Troll 2. You can quote along with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like making it like do a very like uh, I, w- I would love to go to a screening, you know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show style where you've got people up on stage doing stuff or like the room where they're throwing spoons and stuff at the. <laughs> at the screen like this this is a midnight movie that is perfect for that kind of like rowdy just total like blow it up into a huge event kind of movie and that is again why this episode is bittersweet because i I was trying to do that with my friends before the stupid pandemic um i i am very very glad that you say that uh that best worst movie and troll 2 is like inseparable for you now to the point where if you're going to be watching them you're watching both of them because that's the way that i always watch these movies and having just watched troll 2 three times this week um and the second and third time were the first times that I've ever watched Troll 2 on its own without watching Best Worst Movie. And granted, they were just like on in the background while I was doing other things, so I've not <laughs> been able to devote my entire attention to it. But honestly, it is a better experience watching it with Best Worst Movie. Now, I, I love the movie so much, mm-hmm. and I've watched Best Worst Movie recently enough because I watched it right before the first time that I watched it this week. Um, it, it, it just it rounds out that experience so much more again i love troll 2 it is amazingly bad and one of my favorite movies and it absolutely can be enjoyed on its own but watching best worst movie 
it, it, it puts you back in that mindset of, oh, right, this is the environment, this is the cult of Troll 2, this is why people love it and how much people love it. And getting back into that mindset, especially during a pandemic, like it puts you into the atmosphere of watching it with friends. Mm. It's it's also got a really cool structure where like it actually starts off like the first 30 minutes of the movie is showing you the cult around it, like the mania that like the huge fan base that this movie has, or at least like the 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 uh, uh, just the very enthusiastic fan base that it has. Which is kind of unique because usually you see the movie and it'll kind of do it chronologically and show you how it became a huge sensation. And this movie kicks things off where it like really like helps you to understand like what it is that's so great about this movie. And then it goes backwards and kind of shows you like, okay, here are the people that made it and what they're doing now and how it's affected their lives. I I thought that was a really smart way to do that that's that's kind of unconventional. Yeah, because you do hit some of those down notes like you almost need that you almost need the excitement at the beginning to let you know, like, yeah, people love this movie. And then there's a lot of people who don't. <clears throat> and a lot of people, it makes that, that stuff in the, toward the end hit so much yeah, harder because it like, it's that upswing of like, Oh yes, there is some redemption. People do still love this movie. It wasn't just a flash in the pan. Yeah. It, it is a legitimately great documentary. Um, I, I, I just really enjoyed it. It's a solid film. Um, Troll Show is infinitely rewatchable for me. Also, best worst movie. But uh, yeah, I, again, watched it three times this week. If that was our drinking game, someone would be drunk at this point. Um, (laughs) And I could watch it again tomorrow. I have too many other movies that I need to watch, so I'm not going to. But but I could. This is one of those movies that, much like the Evil Dead movies, at least the Sam Raimi Evil Dead movies, Anytime that I find a copy of it at a pawn shop or a thrift store or at a used bookstore, I am going to buy it. Uh, yeah, you have. It's funny you have you have three at least three different copies of the movie. One of which is a two pack with Troll and Troll Two, and you still haven't watched nope. Troll, the first one. <laughs> it, not I mean, not that it matters. It's totally unrelated, but still, it's funny that you have it. Well, and have it. I only it. have one copy on VHS. I need more VHS copies because I feel like this is a movie that needs to be seen on uh, on a VCR. Oh yeah, that would be good. But, I don't want to Sounds ruin like a my only copy. Video store kind of movie. Yeah, but but I don't want to ruin my only copy on VHS. So like, I need more of them so that I can actually watch it and like keep one in pristine edition uh, condition. Um, yeah, I <clears throat> I love this movie. It is terrible. It is amazing. If you don't like bad movies, you might not enjoy it. But if you grew up watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know what? This is getting straight into the who we recommend it for. If you grew up watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, or if you like movies that have a ton of heart, but not much else, um, if you have an appreciation for the weirder things, then Troll yeah. 2 is for you. And if you don't know whether or not you like those watch best worst movie like if you're not already inclined to love a movie like troll 2 you need to watch best worst movie to understand you need to watch it with friends in as much as you can watch with friends right now um or as soon as all of this dumb pandemic stuff is over and it's safe to get together with friends again this needs to be on everyone's list uh best worst movie is streaming on amazon prime 
and you can rent Troll 2 on uh, video, VOD. Sadly, it's not streaming anywhere, but you can watch it's, it digitally. It's, actually, it's on um, Cinemax. Oh, okay. If you, have, if Cinemax. you have Cinemax. I did a Cinemax free trial <laughs> to watch this movie <laughs> through Amazon. So, uh, so, yeah, it is streaming out there, so it is possible to watch it. Um, and you know what? Thanks to uh, Amazon's Amazon Party, which is like the Netflix party, but without needing to download the extension for your browser... Uh, you can almost watch it with friends. You can watch it with virtual friends. So that's true. Yeah, so yeah. Go watch uh, Best Worst Movie, and then watch Troll Two, and then watch it again, and then learn all of the lines, and then have Troll Two parties. <sighs> I'm so glad that we started things yeah, off sure. talking about I'm, this. Me too. It was it was a total blast. It was a real like nice pick me up uh, during a time that I've been feeling pretty down <laughs> lately. So I I had a great time with it. I um. I definitely think, I mean, I'm like you already said, I uh, concur with everything you said. Basically, if you love watching bad movies, if you love heckling things, if you love something like The Room, then then absolutely you have to watch Troll 2. It is it is right up there. I don't know if it's quite on par with The Room, uh, the Tommy Wiseau film, but it's very close. Um, and Having not seen The yeah, Room, I I'm going to say it's better. <clears throat> You got to watch the room. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with the room. I've read the book that Greg Sestero wrote, The Disaster Artist, and then I, of course I watched the the movie, the James Franco movie, which is great. Um, the room is amazing. Um, trolled, I, but I did watch the room with friends, and I've kind of gone through that process, right. so it was a different experience. So that's probably why I feel that way. I'd it'd be interesting to watch them watch them both in, in a similar setting uh but yeah i mean if you love something like that then troll 2 is right up your alley i also think that um like after watching best worst movie i've kind of been on a kick uh t- uh like a documentary kick but specifically about the making of films or kind of like the impact of films like i watched uh after watching best worst movie i went and watched empire of dreams about the making of the star wars trilogy the original trilogy and then i watched uh scream queen my nightmare on elm street the film that's about uh mark Patton, who's the star of nightmare on elm street 2 and kind of like how that movie affected his life as a man who was initially a closeted actor when that movie came out and then how all the like the uh, LGBTQ themes that were in that film, like kind of affected him going forward and his career and his life. And it's, it's fantastic. I watched Yodorowsky's Dune today or Hodorowsky's Dune today. Um, that movie is incredible. So like, if you love documentaries about movies and just kind of like the cultural impact that movies have, then you definitely need to watch best worst movie. Even if you like, don't like bad movies, if you just like documentaries about movies in general i think this documentary stands on its own even if you haven't seen troll 2 or have no interest in seeing troll 2 like it's a great just kind of human interest story to a certain extent i absolutely agree uh i also very strongly recommend uh michael paul stevenson's other uh horror ish documentary uh the american scream it's about i think three oh, yeah, that's right i think three different families that like make haunts during halloween and especially with it being halloween season perfect time to watch it especially because we're still in a pandemic and so like actually going out and being a part of these things probably not the safest thing to do right now but at least enjoying some of them virtually uh it's it's a great documentary i i love it um 
Yeah, you've recommended that to me before, and I kind of forgot about it. But I didn't realize that he uh, he directed that as well as Best Worst Movie. Yeah, you, you definitely need to check it <laughs> it's out. Awesome. It's, a, it's a solid documentary. It's, it'll make you... It, again, it has actual human interest, and it has heart, and it has the feels. And you get excited about things, and then you feel sad about other things. And you care about what's going on in these people's families. And it's, again, it's a solid film. At, at some point, we might do a full review of it, but... Until then, uh, go watch it. It's a great, great documentary. All right. Um, any final thoughts about Best Worst Movie or Troll 2? Um, only that I'm just sitting here looking on uh, George Hardy's IMDb page, and apparently there is a... that. Well, it was supposed to come out this year, but there is a movie called Troll's World or Under Control... <laughs> Um, that uh looks to be like a uh, sequel or spiritual successor of some kind to the troll movies. Um, really curious to see how that goes. But yeah, George Hardy is in that, so uh, interesting. Um, I wonder if it has actual trolls in it or if they're goblins. <laughs> I would has a boogeyman in it. That's <laughs> it, it, it's a it'd be a boogeyman. That, yeah, that's exactly that right. That would bring it full um, circle. <clears throat> Yeah, wow, this sounds very interesting. I had no idea that I apparently didn't do very good research on this. Anyway, I'm I'm holding up this podcast. <laughs> um Yeah, it's no, right. that's just I just I have no final thoughts. I think that I'm all thought it out. Yeah, it's also very late because uh we encountered a lot of glitches into actually recording tonight's episode. Um all right. Yes, and I have to be up and go and take my kids to school in five hours, so that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah i have to go help with the diaper as soon as we stop recording um all right we uh, we eventually are going to go back and do our 80s decades episode uh Mm -hmm. we pushed it back a little bit because again we just we had to do troll 2 it's it's already halfway through september we couldn't push the 90s back any further especially because i was just really jonesing to talk about troll 2 um we are going to do our 80s decades episode and then we're going to continue our Halloween coverage with uh, 90s and early oddies, not just early, but 90s and 2000s movies. And uh, I, I forgot to say this at the beginning when we said that this was going to be our theme of our Halloween episodes. They might not necessarily stay in that order. Like we might be covering 2000s movies during September. We might be covering 90s movies during October. Some of it is just going to depend on scheduling and when we can get a few things actually worked out. Um, And again, I got a little baby now. I got two little kids and one of them's a little tiny baby. So like the whole like actually finding a time to record is not necessarily the easiest thing to do right now. Yeah, it's been very difficult. Yeah, even <laughs> even before an infant, it was difficult. So we make no guarantees of how soon the next episode is going to come out, but we are going to do our best to keep doing uh, 90s and 2000s horror coverage for our Halloween episodes. We are still going to be doing our decades episodes and getting through the end of the year. And hopefully we'll get onto a more regular schedule at some point. Um, but for the time being, that's that's what it is. All right, Eric, where do you want people to find you? Um, you can find me on, I almost said Facebook. What the hell am I thinking? Oh, my <laughs> God. The- uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Chimerican. That is uh, T-H-E-C-H-I-M-E-R-I-C-A-N. Um, and 
You can find me on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews and on Letterboxd at Eric J-A-Y. And you can follow me at slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. Uh, or you can follow me personally on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. Uh, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to keep coming back for more of our Halloween coverage or for more of our decades uh, slash history of cinema episodes, or just, you know, to hear two dudes just ramble on about how much we love movies, you know, sometimes making lots of jokes, sometimes making lots of terrible jokes that aren't actually funny. Uh, just do a search for video monsters, wherever you get your podcasts on Apple or Google or stitcher or you know other podcast places i'm tired y'all um yeah wherever you get your podcast just do a search for video monsters and if you like what you hear then leave some feedback leave some reviews let us know that uh, that you're enjoying things all right that's been it for this episode of video monsters i'm nathan and i'm eric and remember kids you can't piss on hospitality i won't allow it <laughs> um yeah yeah I, I i i've got nothing better than that um uh be careful with your corn um <laughs> and uh yeah yeah sorry i'm i'm sorry i'm totally i'm totally lost right now it's it's very late um i uh who boy uh something has happened nathan i'm leaving i have to do this <laughs> goodbye forever <laughs> you're not leaving the podcast i can't do this without you i'm just leaving now with no explanation whatsoever because that's what happens to grandpa seth at the end of this movie what the hell why does he just have to leave him he's just like i'm leaving now goodbye forever what like no explanation what because he had to banish him from his mind that was the setup in the beginning he finally banished him from his mind once he embraced his goodness because you have to touch the rock and concentrate and and concentrate you just concentrate dude you you gotta concentrate when you're touching your stones so that's i think that's my problem there at the end is i, I was just i wasn't concentrating enough <laughs> uh the giant the giant stone china that she has in her house oh my god we didn't even talk about that house and how like the the kids are running away from <laughs> trolls and and uh, or goblins my bad uh, and then they just randomly accept a steaming liquid, st- like a steaming cup of liquid. The w- the girl drinks it and like starts convulsing. And then the the kid Arnold is like, "Oh, okay, she's she's obviously not doing well, but I guess I'm gonna go ahead and drink the same exact thing that she just drank. That's cool. <laughs> Definitely nothing bad's gonna happen here." Well, oh God. But then they're eating her. I, I, oh my god I, that one of my favorite things about that line is the awareness just the the instant awareness of they're eating her and then they're going to eat me like dude how do you know that like it's it's safe to assume but how are you saying that with such certainty right now <laughs> especially when you're so like just uncertain about everything else and so uh, i don't know just so accepting of of your circumstances when they're so absurd like you're being pursued by little goblins in the woods and you're just like hey that's unusual dude i i almost forgot his pickup line which it's so bad that it's funny like so much about this movie when she says "You're, you're human oh my god you're human to which he says yeah do you want me to prove it to you (laughs) <laughs> and as he looks down at his crotch 
Oh, dear. Oh, my God. What a, what a movie. <laughs> it's just like, dude. What a movie. I don't... Oh, my God. All right. Of course. It's late. We have to go be responsible people. Keep coming back for more uh, just of us being idiots talking about movies that we love. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Bye. No more. No more popcorn.